back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. Right now, we're working our way through the letter to the Galatians, a letter that Paul wrote to this church who was struggling to hang on to the pure gospel, the gospel of justification by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, that our standing with God is based not on what we do, but on what Christ has done on our behalf. They were struggling with this doctrine. False doctrines were creeping in, and they were having a hard time reminding, remembering that it's all about Jesus. And so Paul wrote this letter, and it's somewhat a letter of rebuke to correct them in their understanding. We're working our way through this letter very slowly. We're up to Galatians chapter 1. We're going to look at the last part of verse 4 and the first part of verse 5. So let me pray for us. And then we'll jump in. I'll read verses 1 through 5 of chapter 1, and we'll go from there. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have been so kind to make yourself known to us in a way that we can understand. We thank you that you have condescended to us, that by revealing yourself to us, by making yourself known to us, by manifesting yourself among us through Jesus Christ, that we can know you, and that we can know you according to your will and for your glory. I ask, Father, that you would give your spirit that as I teach this morning and as we all listen, that you would strengthen us all, that we might be grounded in the gospel of Jesus Christ and nothing else. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 says this, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who were with me to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, as I said, we've been looking at Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and we've kind of broken this down into little sections. We've been reminded that Paul's apostleship isn't something that's from man, and, and his point there is that his gospel was given to him from God. He's not just parroting what men have told him or what impressive people have said. And then he announces this gospel in, in a very simple form, that Jesus gave himself for our sins, that he stood in our place, that he lived this perfect life, he died a sinner's death for his people in their place, and then he rose again in victory over sin and death. And he did that to deliver us from this present evil age, that, that we might have restoration, that we might be reconciled to God, that this age might not be actually what defines us, but Christ, that we might be ushered in to the glorious eschaton. And then the last clause of verse 4, and then verse 5, is what we're going to focus on today. Paul tells us that he did this, according to the will of our God and Father. Now, this is something that we've been talking about as we've been working our way through the Westminster Confession of Faith on Westminster Wednesdays. As we've looked at the decree of God in Westminster Confession chapter 3, we've seen again and again that our salvation was according to God's will. We see this, of course, in the book of Ephesians that we read just on Wednesday, the first part of it. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy 
and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. See, this is the reality of our salvation, that it's not according to our will. It's according to God's will. We see this all over the New Testament. In fact, we see this really all over the whole Bible, that it is God who works according to his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We read in Romans chapter 9, in verse 16, So then, it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. This is Paul's summary of what he has just quoted. He says, when, when God said to Moses, back in Exodus 33, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Paul sums that up with what we just read. So it depends not on human will, but on God. This is the reality of the story of the gospel. This is the reality of, of how we stand before God. We, we stand before him only according to his will. Now, this is a phenomenally comforting doctrine. Because this means that if my salvation in Jesus Christ is based on God's will, then my will can't mess it up. Then, then, then I, I simply, as a human, as a frail, finite human, I don't have the authority to undo God's will. <laughs> this is the best news there is so much comfort in this. This is why we can be certain of our salvation. Because it depends on God. And if he, by his spirit, has worked faith in us, if the Father has drawn us to the Son, as we're told in John chapter 6, then guess what? Of all those that the Father has given to the Son, how many will he lose? None. Not a single one. See, when the gospel, when our salvation, when the, the work of Christ, when all of this is according to God's will, it, it takes the onus off of us and it puts it directly on God. And this is what Paul wants the Galatians to remember. That the only way to go to God is to go to him, needing him to be as he is, needing him to be merciful, needing him to be gracious, needing him to be full of steadfast love, needing him to be compassionate, to be forgiving. The moment we think that we're going to God because we've put on the, the, the right works or, or whatever it may be, we're no longer coming to him according to his will. Because his will was to give his son as the sacrifice for sinners that he drew to himself. And then verse 5 tells us why he did this. According to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. The first 
question of the Westminster Shorter Catechism, the Westminster Confession of Faith, the Westminster Standards come in three sections, at least as we hold them in the PCA. There was also some other historical documents attached originally. But as far as the, the outline of Christian doctrine, there's the Westminster Confession of Faith, then there's the Westminster Larger Catechism and the Westminster Shorter Catechism. And the first question and answer of the Westminster Shorter Catechism may be the, the most well-known theological point of Westminsterian doctrine, and it is this. What is the chief end of man? Man's chief end, it answers, is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. This simple question and answer is a reminder that all things are for God's glory, that that's why everything exists. That's why everything that happens, happens. And we may not be able to, to pinpoint and to understand how this event or that event or this or, or, or whatever it may be gives glory to God, but what the Bible teaches is that somehow all things work together for God's glory, for his purposes, for his purpose. That's what Paul is saying here. That even our salvation, even him giving Christ in our place to die for our sins, according to his will, even that, at its most basic level, our salvation is for God's glory. That's why he acted, that he might be glorified through the accomplishment of his purpose of salvation in his people through the giving of his son, Jesus Christ. He tells us in the Old Testament prophets that his glory he will give to no other. God will not let his glory be diminished. He will not let it be shared. He will not let it be spread around. It is his, and he is righteously selfish for his glory. And the good news for us in that is that he glorifies himself by giving his son for sinners. That that was an act by which God our Father was glorified. So here's what that means for us. We don't have to worry about, oh, have I done enough with my life to glorify God? Rather, the way we glorify God in coming into the gospel and continuing to live in light of the gospel is by looking to him and saying, I am a sinner for whom Jesus died. If God gave, if the Father gave Jesus for our sins that he might be glorified, then the, the most God-glorifying thing that we can do in relation to the gospel is not present ourselves as if we are good Christian kids that we've gotten it all right and we've obeyed the law and we've done all the things. No, the, the most glorifying thing to God that we can do in relation to the gospel is present ourselves to him as one utterly in need of mercy, as one whose very life, hangs on the truth of the gospel, whose salvation depends wholly on God being gracious. If he gave his son for our sins that he might be glorified, then we glorify him by going to him, recognizing that without Christ, we have no hope.
for we are dead in our sins. But in Christ, our sins are forgiven and we have life in his name. Might we learn to glorify God by resting wholly in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen.